Hi, this is Annie Weisbrod. I'm from Procter & Gamble, and I'm going to talk today about sustainable supply chains and what bothers me about the challenges with sustainability. What do you think is the biggest challenge people and companies face with sustainability information today? I think their biggest challenge that companies face today is driven by two factors. So one of them is that consumers have a desire to understand what's in their products and that it's safe for them. There's some uncertainty with that, unfortunately. And there's a right to know laws or um, expectations in place that drives a lot of questions and a lot of basically misinformation. A second big driver for what causes challenges um, for achieving sustainability goals is uh, also different information in the marketplace designed to produce a point of difference between companies, some of which is not true. And so as we see in many kinds of information sharing online, there's stuff that's science-based and fairly well grounded and good quality studies. And then there's other information that is not. And it's based on emotion or outdated information. It's vague, unfounded. But then people believe that. There's an emotional component to it. Uh, so people are, feel angry or feel anxiety uh, related to it. And we have to respond to that. And so I spend a fair bit of my time uh, working with customers, working with consumers to try to clarify what's real, what's not real. But my spending time to address what's not meaningful or what's not actually true takes a lot of resources away from our investing in beneficial things for the environment, for people, etc. Can you give an example of how people misunderstand or misuse the language of sustainability? One example that I've seen I'll just choose one product category related to a baby diaper. So in one way that I have seen information misused is I will see uh, sometimes in the marketplace advertisements for a biodegradable diaper. That is a misnomer because of how diapers are thrown away. So in the United States, about 75% of waste comes from your house and goes into a modern sanitary landfill. And the other 25% or so will go into incinerators. And in neither of those treatment options is biodegradability real. <laughs> and there are even US Federal Trade Commission green guides that dictate you cannot make claims about biodegradable for something that is thrown away into a landfill or an incinerator because it's not what happens in those systems. There's other ways of handling that waste, like burning it or containing it for a long period of time. So that would be an example of one of the things I've seen where information is misused, but it's irrelevant or outdated. What do you focus on to reduce your environmental footprint? So what we focus on to reduce the environmental footprint varies by category. So whatever the product type, there's going to be different things that are important for different uh, products. Um, I'm going to stay with our baby diaper example just so that we have a common theme. So there's three areas that we would focus on that. So one of them is simply how do you make it more efficient so that you have the same level of performance that it contains the waste, um, doesn't leak, you know, is soft enough and, and the baby can move around well, so the design matters. But how do you design it so that it's optimized using as little resources as possible uh, so that the footprint is lower, environmental footprint is lower? So that's one area. Use less. Second area, 
sustainable origins. So of the materials that are being used, um, how sustainable are those supply chains? So I gave the example a little bit ago about the pulp that's being used as an absorbent, uh, that it uses an elemental chlorine-free process to bleach or separate the cellulose from the lignin. And that would be an example of a sustainable origin, that the process used to create this material is done in a way that is safe, does not have serious pollutants coming out of that, um, and that the companies that are doing that, so the pulp uh, and paper companies, have very strategic sustainability plans related to how forests are managed in a sustainable way, um, how things are processed to reuse as much as possible, and so any waste that's generated from the process, for example, is burned and used for energy for the process, so you don't need to tap into the grid. So that's just a small example of a sustainable origin for one of those materials, but to do that across the board for all of the materials in there. The third area, I would say, is to reduce waste. Um, so as we want to reduce the resources used, we also want to reduce any of the waste generated. This is becoming really important in the world today. There's quite a bit of legislation around something called circular economy, and the concept of that is that instead of taking something out of the earth, using it, and throwing it away, we take it out of the earth and reuse it, reuse it, reuse it, reuse it, until finally it is so disintegrated that it can go back into the earth. And so what are different things that we can do to generate less waste to start with, but two, keep things in use for longer periods of time? So recycling is an example. Um, we have recently started a diaper recycling program in Italy. Uh, just an experiment. Uh, but we work with local hospitals and uh, residences to take adult and condens products uh, and diapers and then to separate that in a highly controlled um, condition and separate out what the different components are and have that reused back in other industries, for example, to make a plastic chair or to make the baseboards uh, along the wall, things like that. So thanks for joining us today to talk about some of the challenges uh, related to sustainability in the marketplace for the hygiene industry.